0: Well, it is a tough time for small business in Australia and the road back seems to be a lot longer than most had expected and even as supply chains slowly return to normal and as we get used to the idea that inflation might be more persistent than we first thought, the big issue remains finding enough people, the right people, to keep businesses operating. So how do small business operators charter their way through these difficult times? That's this weekend on The Morning Call. The Morning Call from NAB with Phil Dobby
1: weekend
0: edition. So it's going to be no surprise to anyone that small businesses in Australia are responsible for more than half of all the country's private sector output, but also no surprise that this is a sector that has been hit hard by the pandemic and this uncertain period that's followed it. So just how quickly are they going to bounce back? That is a good question, isn't it? Anna Marikovic is Executive General Manager of the Small Business Bank at NAB. She's also Chair of the Healthcare Finance Provider Medfin. She's in Melbourne Uh, and she's with me now on the morning call. So yeah, no surprise, many small businesses are struggling. They've seen utility prices going up, wages going up, insurance costs are going up, obviously interest rates are going up as well and many probably feel the need to to take the margin hit to try and keep their sales volumes up and it seems like it's a long, slow climb back from the pandemic, doesn't it? And this is a large slice of the Australian economy that we are talking about that is, is struggling to make ends meet.
1: It certainly is, so. Uh, Australian um, SMEs employ around 66 percent of private sector um, workers, and they also pay around 55 percent of wages. So, uh, small business is the lifeblood of Australian economy. It's been so uh, for um, many decades, and uh, I believe that it is going to co- going to continue to be so uh, for many more to come.
0: So, whenever we hear about how small businesses are struggling, when we see it in newspapers or on TV, uh, we always see a man or woman standing next to a coffee machine don't we and we know hospitality and food services they are struggling even though we've been doing our bit we've been quite resilient in our love of the morning coffee but how are other sectors faring
1: look phil i um often talk about the fact that in australia today we are facing into what i call a two-speed economy when it comes to um small businesses so there is a half about a half of the small business population that is actually doing really well. They've been able to bounce back uh, from uh, the COVID years. Uh, They've been able to transition into e-commerce quite successfully, uh, and they've been able to source new revenue lines and really um, strip out Uh, various fixed uh, costs that they could live without. So they've come out of the pandemic even stronger than they were prior to the pandemic. But then at the very same time, I also see the other half of small businesses that are really struggling. They're impacted by the inflationary environment that we haven't had in Australia for three three decades. They're impacted by labour shortages. They're impacted by um, disrupted uh, supply chains. Uh, And in many ways, the um, our IR laws and regulation and bureaucracy and red tape is not particularly helpful um, for them either. So, mm. it, it is very much a tale of two cities, I'd say, that yep. in there.
0: The best of times, the worst of times. Yeah. So, you mentioned e-commerce. Is that what the big divide is then between those businesses that can get online uh, versus those that are bricks and mortar businesses that rely on people is is that really the the divide between those that are doing well and those that are not
1: look look it varies sector by sector, but it also varies by geography um, i 'll give you an example. I was uh, visiting a farmer. Uh, in rural uh, South Australia, who for a couple of decades ran a very successful uh, potato and and lettuce um, farming business. And he said to me that post-COVID, he has been forced to pay uh, potato pickers $95 an hour. Wow. In order to get... Um, the in order to get the vegetables out. So the choice that he faced was either pay $95 an hour for labour or let your produce rot. And, and those are the really difficult decisions uh, for small businesses to make. Uh, the question around whether they should take on more debt or whether they should restructure, whether they should sell the farm, how they actually, how they make the decisions in those moments, are re, it's actually really, really um, pivotal uh, in terms of the future of their business. So, yes, businesses in non-discretionary spaces are particularly impacted. Well,
0: for that farmer, obviously the question is, well, what's it going to be like in a year or in two years' time? Are we still going to have this difficulty or this expense of, of labour? But that, that, that issue about finding suitable labour, I mean, that is a standout concern, isn't it, for small businesses? It was a problem in 2022. It doesn't seem like it's got too much better this year. And if we're looking at the one thing that is very different now compared to before the pandemic, I mean, availability of materials is is, is one thing, but that does seem to be improving if you look at the data. But getting the right people, uh, less so, even though immigration has has picked up. So why do you think that is? And and you know, it's clearly holding back that 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 farming business, but it seems to be across a whole load of sectors, as you say.
1: Look, one million more Australians are in are in employment uh, now than before the pandemic. And the unemployment rate remains near historic lows. So we do have a population that is growing strongly. However, in certain regions across Australia, there are persistent labour shortages. Um, and then we also, on top of that, we also have export conditions that are yet to fully recover from COVID. Um, so I would say that our, our small businesses continue to be Uh, quite worried about the impact um, labour shortages in particular may have on their businesses in the next 12 months or or so. And and that came out pretty strongly in our recent um, report. It's certainly a lot better than it was six or 12 months ago at the peak of the shortages. But we haven't quite got back to full capacity. So that is the reason why you have Mm. such varied impacts.
0: So is it a case then of just making it through for the next year or two years, however long it's going to take? So, you know, if we assume that supply chains are going to return to normal, the labour market will return to normal as well. So it really is just a case of making it through this uncertain period, which is difficult, of course, because we know that cash flow – Uh, is very light it's uh, certainly way below where it was before the start of the pandemic so what do companies do what do small businesses do do they borrow to try and alleviate that problem or do they sell I mean I guess there are choices I mean you gave the example didn't you of that farm in South Australia there are choices open to people but do you carry on or sell that's a fundamental one
1: look they do have choices but education actually is, is a key dependency here what you've got to remember is that Australian uh, SMEs have been operating in an environment of continuous growth for over three decades. And that risk management muscle that small businesses in other parts of the world naturally have, um, one could argue that um, in Australia that uh, capability had not been all that well Um, developed. In actual fact, um, at the start of COVID, what we found is that an average small business has about three and a half weeks of cash flows available to them to keep the business going, uh, which is quite different to other parts of the world. So what has happened over COVID is that the necessity of needing to really Uh, take a good hard look at your balance sheet and to really be super analytical and critical of every single um, expense line, I think has developed a level of um, risk management that we hadn't had before. And I find that small business owners are today a lot more aware of uh, of various government packages, they have stronger relationships with their banks. To give you an example, we we restructured my team restructured two hundred and twenty thousand small businesses so that they do not um, fall over uh, during COVID. So so the the small business owners, as I said, have much stronger relationships. Uh, with um, their local chambers of commerce, with their banks, with financial planners, a lot of them now uh, talk to me about the fact that they have business coaches, uh, they read more, they are, they are more aware of, uh, as you said, e- e-commerce opportunities. So I do think that it is a very different environment uh, today, than it was a couple of years ago.
0: But that is a good takeout, isn't it? Because I'm sure you're right. I'm sure before, when times were good, you know, people didn't worry too much about cash flow forecasts, maybe at a, a very top level because, you know, but you, you knew money was coming in and it was going out and uh, everything was hunky dory. Now there's a bit of a concern about just how much cash you do have on hand. So you need that, you need that forecast. So that is a good takeout, though, isn't it? Because then. Presumably that also provides coming out the other side, if you've got people who are educated more about just how you are making money, I mean you could argue that's a, a sign that they'll be able to look at their, you know, look at all those numbers and say, well, here's an opportunity to really grow faster than we thought coming out the other end of this. And
1: I think that that hypothesis is also supported by data because majority of small and medium sized businesses in Australia are actually really in a good shape overall. Um and and I think that the reason why banks in particular continue to be quite optimistic is because of that faith in smes being able to navigate that those changing environment from, from this position of knowledge and, and strength one, one of the big challenges that that uh, i saw small businesses in all um sectors industries and segments Uh, encounter, Phil, was in relation to how do you actually price in an inflationary environment? Again, noting the vast majority of these businesses have never had to do so and never had to do so at such speed. So, again, recently I visited a a, a business that uh, was turning over just under $9 million a year and, again, prior to the pandemic was highly profitable Post pandemic, they are not able to break even, and one glance through their balance sheet uncovered the fact that whilst all of their inputs, cost of their inputs, have increased, um, their pricing has
0: right. And we're seeing that, aren't we? So that's the data is showing very clearly that these the businesses, the small business, yeah, small businesses are taking the margin squeeze. Correct. Uh, and, and they needn't do that because big business. <laughs> it's doing quite, as we know, because it's helping push inflation up. Big business is doing quite a good job of uh, passing yes. on the cost. So small business needs to take a lead from from larger businesses. But small, much small
1: businesses often have much more intimate relationships with their customers. So when I spoke to this uh, small business owner about this, he talked to me about the fact that his customers have kept him afloat during COVID and he feels a sense of loyalty uh, to them, hence why he hasn't increased uh, the prices accordingly to, what, what, to the uh, increase in the input costs that he has had to bear. So, so it's a quite a different, I think, dynamic between a customer and a business when you're talking about SMEs versus large corporates.
0: Yeah, and that is the case. That's why so many small businesses actually, because of that sense of loyalty, the business owners are actually not paying themselves a great deal more, uh, possibly paying the people who work for them more than they 're earning themselves, but that 's not a, a, a sustainable position in the long term i mean that's the, i mean thats the, that 's the reality check you can do that, but if you keep on doing that and you keep on squeezing your margins as well you're not going to make any money. You're you you you're going to get fed up with the whole thing and you're going to be one of those uh, companies that exits, of which we had uh, the ABS reckons 386,000 company exits last year, which is one of the highest numbers ever. I mean, the good news is actually the more starting up than exiting, but even those starting up, those numbers are falling as well. So, um, so yes, I mean, being realistic with numbers, I guess, is the message, isn't it?
1: Being very realistic with, with numbers and also, as I said earlier, not being afraid to ask for help and advice and having a great accountant and a financial planner and having a strong relationship with your bank and creating a support network around your business. I think that is really important. Also understanding um, your competition quite well and what is it that they are doing that is delivering a level of resilience that perhaps, if your own business um, is not, is also also important. Um, The the other thing that I kind of often think about, Phil, is the fact that small businesses uh, and their personal and business finances are so intertwined in Australia. And, again, every time a small business goes under, as you said, you know, there was over 300,000 last year, that has huge impact. their families so there is a significant domino effect in the community as well and again if there there was one message that i always like to send in these types of podcasts interviews or talks is around the importance of uh, people shopping locally and supporting their local businesses and being really mindful about where they spend their dollar because it really does matter Mm. to a business that is turning over $10,000. A week versus a supermarket that is um, making more, doing yeah. much more than that.
0: Yeah. So buy local, folks. That's the message, isn't it? But I mean, some of the businesses that close. I mean, we can look at those. You know, the, the, the rise in the number of people leaving businesses. People don't always leave businesses or close down businesses for bad reasons. I mean, they may have got a job in the corporate sector that's paying them more, or they may be retiring or just moving on with life. Or they might be starting another business. So it's not always bad oh, news, is course. it? Of course,
1: of course. But the
0: concern is if we see a smaller number of people starting up businesses, then we start to see the sector decline. Then, I mean, we've talked about how important it is to the Australian economy. A smaller, small business sector could be catastrophic to the economy.
1: And, and that sense of, of entrepreneurship. We all already have some of the lowest rates in the world when it comes to commercializing our innovation. So, It's the kind of segment that you want to see flourishing because the rest of the economy will flourish as a result. The other interesting statistic, Phil, uh, in regards to that and just quite relevant, is the fact that over 80% of SMEs utilise the equity in their principal place of residence or their investment property to prop up. Their cash flows and their businesses. So again, their sustainability can be very closely linked to um, their fa- the, the roof over the, the head of their families. So th- that's kind of another interesting dynamic that we can't lose. No, um,
0: no, well, it's a off. scary uh, reliance as well, isn't it? Particularly when it's your, you know, your your primary residence. So just finishing off then. If a business is struggling right now, you talked about how, you know, you've helped businesses to restructure. We've talked about, you know, the, the future, you know, being quite positive, really. We're just in this difficult period that we've got to get through. And as I said in the introduction, it's taking longer than we imagined. So businesses are perhaps not prepared for that. So if you are looking at restructuring, what what do you do? Is there is a couple of things if you're a small business operator, you're, you are working on that very tight cash flow. You said a few weeks, maybe it's down to even less than that now and you can't grow cuz you can't get the right people. Uh so your you know your revenue is constrained. What steps should you take if you really want to pursue this and and you know come out the other side? What, what should you lo- you be looking at in your business? So
1: feel a few things. Um well, I always say number one is get in touch with your bank early so that we can uh, have broader range of options versus when you're at the very end of the journey. Secondly, you need to look at all of the Cost items in your business and make some difficult decisions around what is absolutely a nice to have versus what is um, uh, necessary to have. Um, thirdly, uh, businesses need to be thinking about well, how do we innovate and how do we adapt to the changing condi- conditions, as well as what continues to be a rapid digitization of um, of e-commerce and and basically the world around us. So, what does your digital presence and what is your does your um, uh, e commerce business plan look like over the next three years another thing that we often talk about is where are your revenue lines coming from how can you expand uh your your customer profiles we have seen so many businesses rem- remove that thinking locally um uh, agenda to now having global customers because they recognise that we live in a very globalised world. So if you're there producing a great service or a great product, why not offer it to um, people outside of Australia um, as well? We also. Talk a lot about restructuring and ensuring that your, uh, that your, the way in which you, your lending and your transactional accounts and your merchant facilities, all of those need, and commercial cards, all of those need to be reviewed. And to also ensure that you're not paying for any services that A, you're not using or B, that they're no longer, uh, fit for purpose. And then finally, Uh, making sure that you utilize your financial planner, your accountant, uh, that you uh, avail yourself of the opportunities to get a business coach that is funded by various government um, agencies, local chambers of commerce, and just making sure that, you know, you look at your business from every possible perspective and ensure that every decision that you're making is um, the most sustainable one. And getting yourself out of working in the business to working on the business is another skill set that I think Australians are are increasingly getting better at. And that is just so important mm. in, in ensuring that longer term sustainability and, and profitability.
0: Yeah, and on that profitability, making sure you got the price right, uh, which is probably key and central to all of that, isn't it? Are you are you losing exactly. money hand over fist simply because you haven't dared to put prices up, whereas the customer would be more than happy to to pay that extra but also amount? also how
1: do you communicate that, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you wouldn't necessarily go and double your prices, but it's also so around, you know, how are you packaging your products so that there is a um, greater value it for your customers? how are you thinking about those additional services? how th- th- there are different ways of thinking about that and I think um, being a little bit more sophisticated in th- that approach can uh, go a long way in um, ensuring that, that loyalty from your customer base continues. Well,
0: it's been great talking to you, Anna, and uh, good luck helping other small businesses to uh, make it through these difficult times. And it's been fantastic having you on the morning call. Thank you very much, Phil. There we are. Anna Markovic in touch with the real economy, the small business economy, which is struggling, but maybe it's not all bad news. Uh, now, look, on Monday, we are back to our usual format where we look at the macro picture where the markets are not the fishmongers and the bakers. They are the spreadsheet jockeys moving money around Uh, so join me for that subscribe to this podcast if you want to hear that to find out what direction the global economy is taking and what's driving it there that's monday to friday on the morning call i'm phil dobby for nap i'll see you then or next weekend for another edition of the weekend edition thanks for listening
1: the weekend edition